Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, welcome to the show this week. And I've got to apologize ahead of time. My, my voice is a little raspy today. Um, yelling at the TV all night, Saturday or Tuesday night has got me a little raspy, but it's all good. You might have been screaming, but I was basically just cheering. It was a great night, wasn't it? Well, they kept us in suspense all night. I know. I stayed up till 3, 3.30 in the morning watching everything. Hey, some great things going on with Shell Magazine. New issues coming out. Let's talk about it. Well, you know, this issue is, every issue is very important to us, but this is one that truly um, makes me happy because um, it's a company that we have just this great relationship. Um, Halliburton, you know, after their um, breakup with Baker Hughes, um, a lot of... There was a lot of uncertainty with these with Halliburton and its decision making and its uh, role models. Of course, I never thought that, but it gave me great pleasure to uh, bring to our listeners and our reader the president of Halliburton, Jeff Miller. So that is who was on our cover. Um, and when you read this issue, you really get the sense and the understanding that Halliburton couldn't be in better hands. Um, the management is amazing, and this organization and the company is amazing and they are going up, 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 up. So they didn't skip a beat. Um, Great article with Jeff Miller. Let's talk about some of the other things in the magazine. Well, we have two new things that are in there that are actually Shell product line. One of them is actually, uh, you know, we have these specialized guns. The majority of our readers are uh, enjoy hunting, rather it be a male and female. And uh, the one thing that we wanted to do... Oh, you're, you're talking Henry repeating arms. Yes. Those beautiful... Eagle Ford shale guns and Permian, and the Basin, Permian gun. Basin guns. Ah, now I know. With all these about. beautiful metal on them, they are engraved. They have fourteen karat gold. They have nickel plating, and they are basically a one of a kind collector series gun celebrating the shell revolution that's occurring within the United States and North America. That being said, we also have created a shell wine, um, and I know that sounds a little strange. So go with me on this, but. A lot of people work in this energy industry, um, and some are blue-collar, some are white-collar, administrative, executives. They're all over the place, but we really want to celebrate what's happening here in the United States, and so we decided to create, to celebrate what's happening here, wine, and so we have an amazing uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a gold a double gold winner, so it tastes fabulous. And we also have Pinot Grigio. We have a uh, raspberry and almond sparkling wine. And the winery has won over 65 different medals. So this is a really, these are really, really good wines. I'm very proud of them. Um, we've gotten a lot of interest. Uh, we do wine samplings. We really want to encourage people celebrating our march, if you will, onto energy independence through the Shell Revolution. Yeah, before the show, Fernando and I were, were kind of looking around the wine cellar and we couldn't find a corkscrew, so next week I'll bring one with me. <laughs> exactly. Try not to drink too much wine before we start the show. Let's talk Teak. Texas Energy Advocates Coalition is well on its way. 
but you know, Alvin, the importance of why we need to, this is my opinion, we all need to understand that energy is such an important thing to Texas. And our legislators only meet every two years. And they have to make a lot of decisions in a very short period of time. And a lot of those decisions that are made every two years affect us for the next two years. And they so these can have really big outcomes every session we have really big outcomes for the energy industry and what we want to do with teak and what we've been doing is we want to set up a way for businesses like yours and mine and and people in the energy field and people in the business field come together network and grow their businesses throughout the year but then when session time comes this is time for us to get together rally at the capitol and come together and talk about how important energy is to our elected officials that, you know what, we sent them to Austin and we want them to hear our opinion. Absolutely. And and January is the Sunset Review. It's very important. How many times have we had shows where we've brought either Wayne Christian, uh, Commissioner Sinton, Commissioner Porter on, and we've talked about what the Railroad Commission is, is, is looking at by this review that, by the way, they normally only have every so often, every seven years, and they've had it almost every single year. The Sunset Review is looking at them and trying to figure out how to tweak them to be better. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with them. Leave the Texas Railroad Commission alone. But they need to hear that voice from us as a group, the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition, TEAK, this session, that, you know, these things matter. They are doing a good job. Don't dismantle the organization or, or the commission, if you will. And it's free to join. It's free to join. Go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G, shalemag.com. Click on the Teak button. It's absolutely free to join. The industry needs your voice. So please log on and join. And while you're there, check out the Shale mobile app. Kim, let's talk about that. You know, Alvin, um, we have um, the ability now to put everybody's business that joins Teak into our directory. The directory is something that it's downloaded on uh, all these guys that are out in the field, the energy field, uh, rather it's the Eagle Ford or Permian Basin. It's GPS equipped. And so when they download it on their phone, they push a button and they can look and see wherever they are, what's the closest restaurant, hotel, if you need your tire fixed, if you need an oil change, if, whatever you need, these businesses are in there and they are locating uh, the closest ones to you through our map. Yeah, if you need to buy app. a new Ford pickup or a fleet of Ford pickups. They're going to send you right to the closest Calic Auto Group. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christmas Bazaar. We were talking about this off the air just a little bit, and and this is the first I've heard of the Christmas Bazaar, but I want to hear more about it because now you have shale wine. Well, you know, we're growing our brand is what's happening here. So there's a lot of things, moving parts in Shell Magazine. You know, Teak has a bunch of volunteers that want to continue to put mixers together so that way they can continue to grow their own businesses and their own brand. And you know what, Alvin? We at Shell Magazine support that. And so... This Christmas Bazaar was an idea from one of our committee members that said, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could sample our latest new wine, but also provide a vehicle for networking and create a little bit of a Christmas environment. And so this is going to be one of these great Christmas Bazaars that vendors can come in, they can put out their display of Christmas goodies, there'll be Christmas uh, artwork and crafts and baskets. But more importantly, 
members can come in and join and they can network together and they can sample the shell wine. So we're pretty excited about it. And again, to join Teak, it's free. It's absolutely free. What's Is it going to cost anything to come to the Christmas Bazaar? No, it's not. It's free. And we're going to have more information about this in the, in the upcoming shows, so be sure and stay tuned to in the oil patch and, and also... Keep watching online at shalemag.com. Go to shalemag.com, click on the Teak button, and just, you know, browse around the site. Talk about the site when you log on, Kim, to shalemag.com. What, what is the user going to see when the page pops up? The user sees on the Shell website, first of all, our magazine, which is who we, tr- we really are. We are a publication. But you will also find on there that we're an advocacy group as well. So you will find... Teak, you will find the mobile app that they can uh, go and get more information. You'll also find that there's information on there for um, a shopping area where they can purchase the wine direct or they can get information on the shell guns. And as we start growing our merchandise line, that shopping uh, tab will grow. But there's just a lot in Shell Magazine. We have a lot of different departments within the within our company, and it's growing. But Teak is the fastest growing networking for oil and gas and businesses um, that we have moving right now. Uh, there are so many people that want to network with oil and gas in the business sector. And so for me, what I believe is if you want to grow your business, you know, how much does it cost to advertise in Shell Magazine? It can be pretty pricey. To get on the radio show can be pretty pricey with commercials. Teak is free. Take advantage of it because if you're not, nobody's, no one is hearing your business. No one is hearing who you are. And this is why Teak is around, is to help everyone grow and network together. Absolutely. And once again, at shalemag.com. Well, Kim, we've got a great guest coming up in the next segment, Dr. Tom Tunstall, the Senior Research Director for the Institute for Economic Development at the University of Texas at San Antonio, is going to be joining us for the rest of the show. It's going to be a great interview. But we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. We'll be right back. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, auto, A U T O, dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. 
Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. And Kim, like we talked earlier, it's it's the Dr. Tom Tunstall show today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tunstall. <laughs> Thanks, Alvin. I appreciate that. Tom, you know, it's been a while um, since you've come to studio and talked to us a little about um, the things you are working on in oil and gas. But we um, have been inviting a lot of guests back on the show to get their opinion on uh, the Trump presidency or President-elect Trump and um, trying to get different perspectives of folks on how do you think this will affect the energy industry, the business industry. So the first thing right out of the right out of the shoot here, I want to ask you, what do you think a Trump presidency will look like for the oil and gas industry? I think, first of all, it's uh, likely that a lot of the executive actions that the Obama administration took many of which are being challenged in the court currently, will um, more or less be reversed. Um, the uh, recent EPA ruling, for example, on um, uh, methane emissions and, and rules about that, um, you know, may very well, uh, you know, be lifted or, or, or changed or modified in some fashion. So, you know, clearly President-elect Trump uh, or candidate Trump indicated that a lot of the policies put forward by the Obama administration, uh, you know, were, were going to be changed if he got elected president. And so I think we're going to see a more hands-off attitude and approach toward the oil and gas industry. Now, I want to back up just a little bit and couch this properly in reference to there were a lot of oil and gas experts, scientists that didn't quite always agree with President Obama and his stance on regulating this oil and gas industry as much as they were trying to do with the EPA and waters of the U.S. And so I want to make sure that we're clear that undoing these regulations are not going to cause some catastrophic uh, we're going to go to some global warming point where we can't come back from. It was never to that degree. It was basically just trying to reel in more and more and more to a degree to become a lot more greener, which I completely understand. But I think also in the way that it was being done was a little too fast for what the industry could react to and, and also what what 
the United States needs. We need these resources. We do not have reliable um, wind and solar right now. So this would have come at a tremendous cost to the average consumer as well to have this burdensome regulation coming into effect. And so I, I, I want to start with, do you kind of agree with that philosophy that maybe it was a little too much too fast, all these different EPA and regulating the water systems and stuff that were really going to cause havoc on the oil and gas industry? Well, I think as much as anything, it's a, a, a disagreement about philosophy. Uh, if you believe that certain industries should be managed more uniformly across the U.S., um, then, um, then you know, that would be a perspective more alignment with the, uh, the current Obama administration. Um, the oil and gas industry typically in the United States has been regulated at the state level. And I think that's that's part of the, the, the push and pull in the case of Texas. Clearly, the uh, Railroad Commission wants to continue to to regulate the industry um, as opposed to uh, uh, having the EPA do it for them. Um, and and in, in Texas, the issue is particularly acute because uh, the, the state has such a long history of, of oil and gas regulation by, by the commission. So anyway, I think that's where a lot of the conflict comes into play. And, uh, and, and clearly... The views of the Obama administration are at odds with uh, what candidate Trump has has indicated he he wants to do. So so I think we'll see some 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 changes. Actually, I, I should and, and when I say changes, the the policies haven't even been implemented yet. They're they're in the courts, and um, so I think this is is likely to to make a, a lot of those issues moot. Um, good example of that is the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Pact that. Uh, the Obama administration had been uh, pushing forward, and um, and I think he, had, President Obama, had hoped that uh, if Hillary Clinton had won, she would continue to do it. That wasn't at all clear that that was going to happen. But with uh, uh, you know Trump winning the election, um, you know that's the, the the Obama administration has essentially dropped dropped the issue because they know it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Just and to to close the loop on this discussion. I think every one of us is truly an environmentalist. We care about the planet. And so um, a lot of things, we, we do have great concerns, and we should as a society, and we should be looking to do things better and greener. But some of the challenges that just I felt were if the United States is going to regulate the oil and gas industry almost to the point where they did coal and, and lose hundreds of thousands of jobs, shouldn't other countries be on the same path and being mandated because, again, the United States is not the world. And when you have other countries that are like Saudi Arabia that is just, you know, drill, baby, drill and pulling out oil and resources and they have absolutely nothing in place to uh, take care of uh, the environment, it, it is, it's kind of hard to understand why the United States would, would go to such measures to kill so many jobs and to put us further behind in not getting access to natural resources that are here instead of us having to uh, import them, that it just never really made sense to me. But I do care about the planet. I believe there were a lot, there's a lot of people that kind of feel the same way I do. It really didn't make sense to overregulate so quickly. We need to do this and we need to be responsible, but I don't know if we necessarily needed to do it, you know, at uh, this, you know, within 
two to three years um, or whatever the timeline we were on. Um, And with that, we do have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You are listening to In the Oil Patch. Hi, I'm Rita Stitch, Chairman of the Let's Rodeo Ball Committee. I would like to invite you to the upcoming Let's Rodeo Ball. This fundraising event will benefit the San Antonio Livestock Exposition, Inc. Scholarship Fund and will take place on January 21st, 2017 from 6.30 to 11.30 p.m. at the Joe and Harry Freeman Coliseum in beautiful downtown San Antonio. Our entertainment will be provided by country superstars Gary Allen, Neil McCoy, and -and up-and-coming country artist Brett Mullins. Tickets and sponsorships are available and include dinner and open bar. So get your tickets now. Please call 210-225-5851 or visit sarodeo.com and click on the Let's Rodeo Ball picture. We hope to see you there. Hey, you, do you want to go to the fastest growing oil and gas mixer in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business, so you got my attention, but what is Teak? Teak is the Texas Energy Advocate Coalition, and we hold free business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Is there a fee to join? Not for the next 90 days. It's completely free. So there's no charge to join, no charge to attend mixers, but we do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where do I go? You go to shellmag.com slash teak, T-E-A-C, and click the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. So let me write this down. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com slash T-E-A-C. Yes. Well, that sounds good. I'll see you at the next mixer. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. And today it's the Dr. Tom Tunstall Show. Dr. Tunstall, before the break, we were talking some environmental politics and and some some of the things that you see happening or maybe not happening. And and I think you wanted to expand on that thought just a little bit. One issue about that with what each country should do with regard to CO2 emissions and methane emissions, uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that almost every country in the world or most countries are in different stages of development. Uh, So China now appears to be on board, which was a huge sort of a wild card and and, and obviously a a huge emitter of of those gases. And I think they're starting to be concerned about how much pollution that country has generated. In the U.S., it's, it's, it's actually becoming less and less of an issue simply as a result of us using more natural gas to generate electricity rather than coal. Mm-hmm. Uh, greenhouse gas emissions are down overall in the U.S. because of that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's interesting in a lot of ways, um, you know, the problem is, is is getting better, at least from a U.S. standpoint. Now, clearly other countries, um, particularly China, still generates an awful lot of electricity. In fact, most of its electricity from the use of coal, and, and obviously that generates a lot of uh, unwanted uh, greenhouse gases. So we'll see. But they have indicated, uh, uh, and, and, and their sort of list of environmental concerns goes well beyond greenhouse gases. It, it has to do with uh, things like uh, their uh, rare earth uh, mining and, and where the runoff goes. And in fact, mining in general, um, it's starting to get into their food supply. And, and, and So it's becoming a lot more apparent that they need to do something in yeah. that country, which is yeah. good. Dr. Tunstall, with Trump taking office, you know, there's some talk about, you know, Mexico has become a rapidly growing buyer of U.S. natural gas. And do you think 
that Trump's trade policies with the wall and deportation and, and some of the other things that he's talking about right now, is that going to hurt the natural gas trade with Mexico? What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's important to note that political rhetoric is one thing. Implementing policy is, is something else altogether. And um, I, I understand the frustration that led Trump uh, uh, to, to say those things and, and a lot of people to respond to that. But, you know, if we just look, for example, at the drivers for natural gas export, U.S. natural gas export to Mexico, which actually is a, is a good thing, uh, you know, from a U.S. standpoint. Uh, in 2014, we exported about 650 billion cubic feet of natural gas to Mexico. Uh, last year, in 2015, it was over a trillion cubic feet by pipeline to Mexico. And the reason Mexico is buying so much natural gas, number one, they, they, their production has continued to go down. Uh, they hope to turn that around with uh, energy deregulation, but they've also deregulated the electricity sector in their country as well as telecommunications. And one of their the reasons they're buying so much natural gas, aside from the regular the, the 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 reform of the electricity sector, has to do with a lot of their electricity traditionally has been generated from coal and fuel oil, which are relatively dirty ways to produce it. And they they're getting increasingly concerned about those environmental impacts. And so they, they're interested, uh, much the way the U.S. Is, has turned more to natural gas to produce electricity in doing the same thing. And so, so like I said, they're uh, importing more and more of it. Now, one day they will tap into their own extensive reserves, both shale and otherwise, of natural gas. I mean, natural gas alone in, in Mexico is, is over 500 trillion cubic or reserves are over estimated to be 500 trillion cubic feet plus. So th they have lots of natural gas, but because they've been dependent on, on Pemex uh, basically for essentially for 76 years, uh, they haven't been in a good position to, to tap into those resources. Uh, and it will take years for them to do that. So in the meantime, yes, the U.S. is exporting lots of natural gas to Mexico, and that's, that's a good thing. Hey, we do need to take a quick break. In the next segment, Dr. Tunstall, I'd like to talk about a stronger dollar and cheaper oil and also the short list for Energy Secretary. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bellotto, visiting today with Dr. Tom Tunstall. We'll be right back. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oil Field Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, alongside Kim Bellotto, your host, and our guest today, Dr. Tom Tunstall. Kim? 
You know, uh, Dr. Tunstall, a couple of weeks ago, we were hearing rumors about OPEC discussing uh, the possibility of them cutting production, which, of course, would hopefully um, bring rise back up the price of oil worldwide. And they are scheduled to have a meeting here in a couple of weeks in November. So I wanted to ask your opinion on, first of all, this discussion, how likely is it for them to find a solution? And then, of course, what would be the impact for the United States as well as the world when we talk about oil? I think if OPEC were able to come to an agreement, that would be helpful. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, at this point, it's it's that even seems unlikely uh, because it's, uh, um, you know, nobody really wants to cut production. Prices are low and they need as much cash flow as they can generate because their economies are so dependent on oil. But in the unlikely event, and I and I, if you want to, f- I'm sure there are people out there that will predict that OPEC will come to an agreement to freeze production. I'm not one of those folks. But um, if they were to agree on that, then there's the problem of cheating. Uh, and and one of the things that's interesting about good old cheating <laughs> global oil production statistics is that there are really only four countries that you can count on for reliable oil production statistics, and those are the United States, Canada, uh, uh, Norway, and Great Britain. And after that, uh, it gets pretty uh, questionable as to you know, whether you can believe the output numbers from, from the various countries. And so, and that's one of the reasons cheaters try, you know, OPEC members who have agreed to a freeze or, or even a cut may try to continue to produce uh, at levels that they would prefer to, which would be higher. And, and so, you know, for that reason, it's, it's really hard to see supply, global supply coming down. And so when... In a couple of weeks, when they have this meeting and they don't come out with the outcome that they can, they have figured out a solution to this problem. Does how much further does the oil drop, or is it going to drop? What do you speculate? Well, it, it, I don't know. I mean, at this point, it looks like the, uh, the the market futures have baked in the uh, the a low probability of an agreement for production cut. So I don't know that oil necessarily falls uh, much farther, although it certainly could. Well, it hit a new low here, um, what, two days ago to... Well, it's, I mean, you know, of course it went down to... 26 at one point. That's that's the the, the recent low, but uh, um, you know, but uh, yeah, lately here it's been oil's been kind of bouncing back between 40 and 50 dollars a barrel, um, and and I I really it's it's hard for me to see oil you know getting above 50 and staying there, and and every time it's happened, it's lasted a few days, and then at most, and and then it drops back down, and that's what we've seen this this last time around. There's just so much supply and uh, worldwide, uh, even the U.S., I mean, we're producing less, but we're still producing a lot of oil. Uh, and and so, nobody, you know, like I said, nobody wants to cut back, and uh, as, as a result of that, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's just hard to see us developing more demand than, you know, than production is, is, is putting on the market. Well, here's 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 my dumb question for the show. Oil supplies are not an infinite number. I mean, this this is a resource that's there's not an infinite supply of oil. Why would these producing countries not want to throttle back their production 
to keep the prices up? Because they've not done a good job of keeping their fiscal house in order. Um, they're, you know, Saudi Arabia is, 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 is sort of the poster child example, but, but it's a good one. Their marginal cost to produce oil is somewhere between 5 and maybe $15 a barrel. So theoretically, they can make money. But simple math would say it's a lot easier to produce 10 barrels at $100 a barrel than 100 barrels at $10 a barrel. Yeah, well, and and that, that's where it would be in collectively in OPEC's best interests overall, especially if they could get other world producers who are non-OPEC members, like Russia, for example. Um, you know, uh, the U.S. Of course, the U.S. doesn't doesn't play by those rules. You know, oil production in the U.S. is determined by a bunch of individual company decisions. Um, um, you know, I think I've, I've mentioned on the show before. It takes about seventy U.S. producers to. Uh, get to 75% of this country's oil production. So there's a lot of producers that make up U.S. oil production. In, in other countries, you're talking about, you know, maybe two or three or four countries. Right. So um, the, uh, um, the the problem is with Saudi Arabia is that they're, for the social programs, their social spending that they need to sort of keep their population happy, they have to get about $80 a barrel for oil. So in a sense, they're losing money. But even at $40 or $50, are bringing in cash flow. And they need some kind of cash flow um, unless, unless they want to uh, uh, tap further into their, their foreign reserves, which they're already doing. So it's, uh, but I guess the point I was going to make was that, yes, if, if OPEC as a whole would agree to cuts and if everybody would abide by those cuts, it would benefit all of the members. That's just it's unlikely. No, you know, uh, between you know people wanting to to try and get around the rules uh, or, or the, the agreements, um, um, it's just it's highly problematic. Cartels have always been problematic to to ultimately enforce. And with that, Dr. Tunstall, we have to take a break. When we return, I want to talk to you about the new energy secretary. Your thoughts on who that might be, and we will be right back with in the oil patch radio show. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Rita Stitch, chairman of the Let's Rodeo Ball Committee. I would like to invite you to the upcoming Let's Rodeo Ball. This fundraising event will benefit the 
San Antonio Livestock Exposition, Inc. Scholarship Fund and will take place on January 21, 2017 from 6.30 to 11.30 p.m. at the Joe and Harry Freeman Coliseum in beautiful downtown San Antonio. Our entertainment will be provided by country superstars Gary Allen, Neil McCoy, and up-and-coming country artist Brett Mullins. Tickets and sponsorships are available and include dinner and open bar. So get your tickets now. Please call 210-225-5851 or visit sarodeo.com and click on the Let's Rodeo Ball picture. We hope to see you there. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Caleb Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time I'm haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. Or you can always email me, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kalig, K-A-H-L-I-G, auto, A-U-T-O, dot com. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and Dr. Tom Tunstall. And Dr. Tunstall, you just wrote an article, very interesting article, about uh, the differences between being a, a CEO and a president. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, and and uh, it's uh, you know this this to the extent that it's there's any insight associated with it, it comes uh, sort of from my schooling. My undergraduate and master's degree are in business, but uh, my uh, doctorate is in uh, actually it's political economy, which is sort of classical economics. And what was interesting to me about training in both those areas was how different business. Uh, looks business schools look at the world versus the way public policy schools look at the world. And, um, you know, we, we hear a lot about how we need a business person running the White House. In fact, that was the impetus behind uh, Ross Perot's campaign in 1992, uh, that he had real-world business experience, and, and that was something uh, that had been lacking um, uh, essentially in, in every presidential candidate uh, in modern times. Well, the, the the problems I see with that, and this is was sort of the gist of the article, was that uh, the rules are different in in business uh, versus the the realm of public policy and, and politics. Uh, you know, when you when you run a company uh, or, or uh, run a, a sort of a, a TV show uh, like The Apprentice, uh, you can fire people. You know, more or less at will, um, and and while it's true that the president, you know, the the cabinet and his staff serve at his pleasure. Congress does not serve at the pleasure of the president. You've got 535 men and women uh, from all different backgrounds who each won their own election uh, to uh, for the right to, to be in Congress. And uh, the only people that can fire them are their constituents. And so it'll be interesting to see how the president 
makes the transition or how, well, how President Trump makes the transition from being a CEO to, to being president where uh, there's a lot more need for persuasive powers. Um, I was interested to watch the, uh, uh, the first meeting with uh, President Obama and President-elect Trump. And, um, and, and I, I think it's an interesting development that now that the campaign's over, um, it, it appears that uh, President-elect Trump is, is trying to make nice and to assuage some of the, the, uh, the, the you know, the hard, uh, hard rhetoric that was said during the campaign. So, so it'll, it'll be interesting. We'll see. But, uh, it, it's potentially a, a, a tough transition. Now, you know, having said that, um, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, the transition uh, from President Truman to President Eisenhower. And, and while Eisenhower wasn't a businessman, he was a, a general. And, and you know, in a lot of ways, a general is, is sort of like a CEO. Uh, they give orders and, and people carry them out. And, and while history immediately after Eisenhower left office wasn't very kind to him. As, as historians have looked back on his administration, they actually uh, uh, increasingly give him more credit for, for running a very uh, 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 good administration. Um, and, and one of the reasons uh, we, we may have had, it seemed like we, you know, not a lot happened was because Eisenhower was really a pretty effective administrator. So uh, again, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, but, but it's not a slam dunk that just because someone was a business person or a CEO means that they'll be able to transition to the realm of public policy where the president operates and do that effectively. One of the uh, other areas that's very interesting to me when President Trump takes over is who he selects to be his en- energy secretary. You know, um, Harold Hamm was was one of our covers just this past issue back. He's the president of Continental Resources. Very interesting guy, basically a self-made billionaire, but really uh, is an independent operator, not a publicly traded operator. So how he looks at things versus how a large, you know, uh, ConocoPhillips might look at it would be totally different. But it's so important who becomes the energy secretary to advise and, um, you know, help him to understand the technologies and all the things that all the, you know, this is a complicated industry to think about water issues, um, air issues, um, gas issues, natural gas, earthquakes, all different kinds of things come into this industry and the technology that's needed for recycling water, uh, taking a look at how we um, protect our water resources, uh, not just for now, but for the future. That person really, really needs to be somebody that kind of gets the whole picture of energy. Um, are there any thoughts on who uh, would make a good candidate? Um, uh, I know Harold Hamm spoke at his uh, at the RNC, but are there any candidates? And, and he's slated to be one, possibly. However, when we interviewed him, he said no. What are your thoughts on anybody that comes to mind for you? That might make a good energy secretary. Well, I, and I don't necessarily. Um have any thoughts about who who might make a good energy secretary? But I, I will comment on the prospect of, of Harold Hamm. And um, one thing that bodes potentially in his favor, if if Trump decides to appoint him, is the fact that, uh, however narrowly, uh, the Republicans did win the Senate um, by one vote, but uh, but it, or they hold a majority rather by by one vote, and uh, had 
the election gone the other way and and uh, the Democrats controlled the Senate, I think uh, um, Harold Hamm for energy secretary would be a non-starter because uh, the Democrats would, would probably pretty uniformly vote against him. So um, th- that may be one benefit of, of the uh, probably short but, but still uh, honeymoon period that uh, new presidents uh, typically get uh, so that if, if Harold Hamm is, is nominated, by uh, President Trump, I think there's a good chance he'll get confirmed. Well, I do want to clarify that when we did interview him, he said very clearly that he had not been asked, so we're not insinuating that, but there has been a lot of rumors. And with that, we do have to end the show. Dr. Tunstall, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you here talking about energy and politics. My pleasure. Thanks, Kim. Thank Thanks, you, Dr. Alan. Tunstall. I wish we had two hours to sit and talk with you every week, but unfortunately, the show must come to an end every week. Again, Dr. Tunstall, thanks so much for, for being on the show with us today, and you're going to be the topic of our trivia question. Kim, I've got a great question this week. What is it, Alvin? The question is, Dr. Tom Tunstall is the Senior Research Director for the Institute for Economic Development at what university? We said it earlier in the show. Be the first correct emailer to radio at shalemag.com and you'll win yourself a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful and the yummy Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. And Kim, that's about going to be a wrap for this week. Be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash in the oil patch radio show at shalemag on Twitter. And until next week, Adios. adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.